Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. My name is Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and we are on day 791, and we're in Job 7 and Psalm 116. So I know it's called one chapter per day, and several days have more than one chapter, but you know, if that bothers you, I'm sorry. Um, but today we're in Job 7 and Psalm 116, and after I pray, we're going to do something different today. Normally, when I have more than one chapter, I just read a chapter, talk about that chapter, and then read the next chapter, talk about that chapter. But here, today, I think we're going to read straight through Job 7 and then directly into Psalm 116 so that we can hear that whole flow because you'll, I think you'll understand why when we do that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word. Your word is wonderful in all of its rich fullness to us. We pray that you would speak to us through your word today and write it on our hearts. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. All right, Job 7, and then Psalm 116. This is Job speaking and pouring out his complaint, his misery. Has not man a hard service on earth? And are not his days like the days of a hired hand? Like a slave who longs for the shadow and like a hired hand who looks for his wages, so I am allotted months of emptiness and nights of misery are apportioned to me. When I lie down, I say, when shall I rise? But the night is long and I am full of tossing till the dawn. My flesh is clothed with worms and dirt. My skin hardens, then breaks out afresh. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and come to their end without hope. Remember that my life is a breath. My eye will never again see good. The eye of him who sees me will behold me no more. While your eyes are on me, I shall be gone. As the cloud fades and vanishes, so he who goes down to Sheol does not come up. He returns no more to his house, nor does his place know him any more. Therefore I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I the sea or a sea monster that you set a guard over me? When I say my bed will comfort me, my couch will ease my complaint, then you scare me with dreams and terrify me with visions, so that I would choose strangling and death rather than my bones. I loathe my life. I would not live forever. Leave me alone, for my days are a breath. What is man that you make so much of him, that you set your heart on him, visit him every morning, Test him every moment. How long will you not look away from me, nor leave me alone till I swallow my spit? If I sin, what do I do to you, you watcher of mankind? Why have you made me your mark? Why have I become a burden to you? Why do you not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now I shall lie in the earth. You will seek me but I shall not be. That's Job 7, and here's Psalm 116. Psalm 116. I love the Lord, because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompass me, 
The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, precious in the sight of the Lord, is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people in the courts of the house of the Lord in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Very appropriate to go to Psalm 116 after this Job 7. I thought it was really good to just hear them right one after the other. Job is in the depth of anguish that the author of Psalm 116 was looking back on. He's there right now. Now, of course, we know how Job ends. Spoiler alert. God heals him and restores his fortune to him, and his family grows again, and he praises the Lord. Psalm 116 is yet in Job's future, though. And Job 7 was is a description of the past affliction of Psalm 116. Job is being brutally honest with God. He is not cursing God. He is not cursing God, but he is complaining. He's complaining deeply. And there is a sense in which when we complain deeply, we are doubting God's goodness. We may not be cursing God, but we're doubting his goodness because we can't see it. And the reality is there are times. There are times when we can't see how God is being good to us. How in the world is Job supposed to see how God is being good to him? You know, his words here give us some perspective because verse 3 he says, So I am allotted months of emptiness, and nights of misery are apportioned to me. When I lie down, I say, When shall I arise? But the night is long, and I am full of tossing till the dawn. We don't really know. We don't have a, a clear understanding of exactly how long Job was in this state of misery that he finds himself in. But it was apparently months. You know, Job's friends show up when they hear about what happened to him, and they sit in silence with him for seven days, and then they speak, and this, these dialogues, I don't think they took place immediately one after the other after the other. I don't think there was nonstop talking for like all of this to be done in a day or two. I think these are a series of conversations that Job had with his friends over some period of time. So who knows? It may have been 
It probably was at least several days, if not a few weeks, before Job's friends would have heard about what happened to him, would have been able to make plans to leave their home and their things and to go be with Job, because they had planned to go and be with Job for a while, which means things had to be taken back care of back at their place. These were all wealthy guys who had land and who had, they were Job's peers, right? So this isn't, you don't just drop everything and go the next day. That's not how it realistically works. And it takes time for them to hear about what happens to Job. And and uh, so, so he's, whatever, obviously he's been here for months, months of emptiness, Nights of misery apportioned to me. Sitting in the dust, there was there was a time gap between when he lost everything. He lost all of his kids. He lost all of his livestock. He lost all of his wealth. But his body was not yet hurt. That was step one, right? There was a time gap because then Satan goes back to the Lord, and the Lord uh, gives him permission to touch his body, but don't kill him. And then he and then he touches his body, and then the sores break out. So it's you know there's some time. So just imagine, I mean, as, as horrible as it was for Job, this is months of this. Sitting in the dirt, scraping his sores. I mean, look at this this process that's described here in verse 5. My flesh is clothed with worms and dirt. My skin hardens, then breaks out afresh. So he's got these awful sores all over his body. He's scraping them with the pottery shards. You know, that's going to release pus and blood. And then it's going to, you know, you get that infection out, get drain the pus out of it. Then it hardens again. And then it breaks out afresh. And this has been going on for months. You understand? Like, this is not anything we've ever experienced. Not you or I, you know. And so when he says the awful things that he says, just... Bear in mind that he's experiencing a level of pain, misery, heartache. To lose one child is an unspeakable agony. To lose all of your children, to lose everything you've worked hard for, to have a wife who's just telling you to curse God and die, and then to be in such agony with these sores, and then to have friends who are basically accusing you to your face of being a secret sinner and deserving all of this. It's every kind of suffering almost that you can think of. The only person who suffered worse than Job was Jesus. And I think Job is given to us kind of as a picture of, you know, Jesus actually suffered even worse. He was betrayed by his best friends. He was unjustly put to trial, falsely accused by the respected leaders of his day. But the wrath of God being poured out on Jesus on the cross is an agony that even Job's agony doesn't compare with. But beyond that, Job is the sufferer of sufferers. And so when he says these hard things, we need to keep that in mind. He does not want to live anymore. And I have to be honest enough to say, if I were in Job's position, I would not want to live anymore either. I would have no reason to think that God was being good to me, that this was all going to work out well in the end. And the things that he says, as hard as they are, he is speaking in the anguish of his spirit and in the bitterness of his soul. He's pouring out his heart before God. And God will answer him, but that's just where he is. And he's being honest. And it's hard to read, 
And there's a lot of doubt here. There's a lot of there's a lot of uncertainty, unbelief even, but there's there's not a direct cursing of God. But as I said in an earlier devotional, he doesn't cross the line of cursing God, but he dances close to the line. Because man, just empathize. If you've been through it, you probably feel the same. And now we come to Psalm 116, and we have a sufferer who's on the other side, who's come through it. And he's come through it in such a glorious way that he can look back and he can say, I was in distress and anguish. In fact, the snares of death encompassed me. In fact, the pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. So he was he was dying. And he was in agony as he died, was laying dying. We don't know what was wrong with him. Look, there are so many diseases in the world and in the ancient world before modern medicine. There were horribly painful ways that you could die that took a long time. You ever read about somebody in the past who died of like consumption or someone who died of scarlet fever like, like Beth in um, Little Women? Like you, you were sick, awfully sick and weak and in pain for a long, long, long time before you finally died. Uh, we, we don't, in our modern world with modern medicine, like, we need to be thankful uh, for that. But here, here's the psalmist, and he was, look, he says it, snares of death encompassed me, pangs of Sheol laid hold on me, I suffered distress and anguish. But God was gracious to him. He called out. Oh Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. He's he's dealt bountifully, delivered his soul from death, his eyes from tears, his feet from stumbling. All right, so here's application for us. Job is a physical picture of the reality of our spiritual condition before we came to Christ. It's a picture of of what our spiritual condition would be if we were not in Christ. I don't want to over-spiritualize the Bible, but I do think that this is part of what God wants us to get out, part of it, right? If we are not in Christ, we are without God and without hope in the world. We are dead in our sins and trespasses in which we walk, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, living for the desires of our flesh and of our mind, and like the rest of mankind, children of wrath. That's all from Ephesians 2. So that's our condition. Dead, walking, in sin and bondage, enslaved, miserable. And, and in terms of wealth, none. Spiritually bankrupt. We have nothing, not a penny to our name when it comes to spiritual wealth, that we could present before God as here's something good spiritually in my life. None. Destitute. And sick. Spiritually sick and diseased and rotten and and without hope. Without hope at all. There's, there's this growing movement. It's really, really sad if you are tuned into it at all. There's this growing movement among Gen Z among the atheist agnostic the nuns of gen z that they resent being alive now they're not suffering like job in fact most of them enjoy comfortable middle class existences in suburban america but they resent being alive 
and they view their life as a burden, as a hassle, and 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 they they some of them have even sued their parents in court for causing them to exist. Okay, and they're not suffering like Job. You you can laugh at it, you can say it's ridiculous, but it it shows something. It shows something, and that is without Christ, we have nothing to live for. Without Christ, but in Christ, we've been redeemed. Our soul has been delivered. The Lord is gracious to us and righteous and merciful. He saves us. He gives us rest. Jesus says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He deals bountifully with us. He's abundantly gracious to us. He pours out blessings to us. He delivers our soul from death, our feet from stumbling, our eyes from tears. He allows us to walk before him in the land of the living, in the church of the redeemed, in the kingdom of God. We were in a place where we had no hope, but now we've been brought to life. We were spiritually like Job, but now we are blessed. And so what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation. I will call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The Lord loves you and has redeemed you. Give him thanks. And so when, when you enter physical suffering, and it's difficult, or relational suffering, and it's difficult, remember where you were spiritually or where you would be spiritually. Perhaps you grew up as a Christian and you don't remember a time when Jesus wasn't your Lord and Savior and you can't remember where you were spiritually. Well, then remember where you would be spiritually, right? Think about the alternate timeline that you could be living in if you weren't a believer. And give thanks to the Lord. Pour out your heart. Complain in honesty but in reality, you see, Job didn't have Christ yet. He had faith, but it was a very incomplete picture that he had to work with. We know how much we've been given. And so we should be singing Psalm 116 in every season of our lives. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the goodness of your word. Your word is right, true, and helpful. Help us to sing Psalm 116. Help us to live Psalm 116 to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue on with Job chapter 8 tomorrow. I hope you can join me for that. And I hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.